There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 7 of Season 3 of The Expanse. Oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to jump into this because it was like, wow. So jump in with our ratings. Alright, Episode 7 had a 0.17 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.625 million viewers, making it the 38th rated cable show for the day. The live plus 7 days for Episode 5. Tied for 16th in viewers' percentage gain, going from 0.556 to 1.111 million viewers for an increase of 100%. Amazing. Yes. Yes. We have some massive crossovers in this episode. We had so many. Yes. I could not believe it. (laughs) We'll start with David Stratham, who plays Ashford, who's on the um, Behemoth. He was on Alpha's. We have Ari Millen as Stanny, who was the third crewman on the repair ship. I don't remember him from 12 Monkeys, though. I see you yes. You have 12 Monkeys and Orphan Black. Of course we know him from Orphan Black, because he was cast. Right. Yeah, he had a, a brief appearance on 12 Monkeys as well. Oh, okay. I missed it. And then one of our favorites, who was talking with us when we were tweeting. Yes. Anna Hopkins. Anna Banana, if you're on Twitter. Yeah. Who played Monica Stewart from Defiance? Like I kept looking at her, going, "Wait a second. Like I, I was able to like picture her character, but I couldn't remember the show until about halfway through. Right. I hate that. And <laughs> then we had one we hadn't seen in a long time, Janelle Williams, who played an unknown cast member, but she was the one that was talking with Anna before she got up and went to talk to Melba from Warehouse Thirteen. I love it. So many. And And then a couple more. I mean, still. Yes. Chris Owens, who plays Colvord, the guy Anna talks to on The Prince, probably best known for playing Jeffrey Spindler on The X-Files. And I've got one that, so far, Fred has missed. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, Fred. Yes. Raven Duda, who plays Anna's wife, was also on Orphan Black. She played Yvonne, Allison's counselor. Oh my gosh. I don't, I, we obviously missed that too. Yeah. <laughs> because she'd been on an earlier episode. So I was about to ask you how many of these you'd caught yourself because I only caught two of them right away. Right. I thought we didn't really get a good shot of Ari. So I had to look at IMDb. I thought it was, but I, just wasn't 100% sure, and sure enough, it was. I went, okay. I caught him right away. Right. Him and Anna Hopkins. I just couldn't place the show until right. about halfway through this episode. And I know I'd seen the other people, but I couldn't think 
I was just like, okay, it must have been one of the many shows we've watched. But this was a an awesome amount of people that were crossing over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great. Scream. <laughs> All right, let's jump into episode seven, Delta Five. It sounds so sci-fi. Yes. <laughs> All eyes turn to the edge of the solar system as a mysterious new presence emerges. Naomi recommits to her roost. Drummer butts heads with a seasoned new commander aboard the behemoth, and a young belter makes a name for himself. So, I do want to tell you, though, when we were watching this, you're talking about um, David... Stratham. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I would mess up his name. Jason happened to walk in, he goes, wow, that guy looks so weird. I'm like, well, yeah, he's in makeup. I'm like, why? What are you talking about? He goes, oh, he's from the Bourne movies. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, he is. Yep. It's just so mind-blowing when they're in character and they're doing like an accent because we get the Belter accent. Right. And it really throws everything off. Because the Belter accent, I still, I know it's like, we've talked about it before, the weird combo of like Cajun and, and a whole bunch of different things, almost slangish, and it just throws me when somebody's talking like that. But it was great, and I loved everybody in it, so... Let's start with the UN, though, because apparently we fast forward a couple months at this point. Yeah. Okay. So there's like an uneasy alliance happening between Earth, Mars, and the Belters, because now the Belters have kind of created, I wouldn't really say a government, but they're being recognized at least as a community in their own. Right. And so... Apparently, we have a pretty big convoy headed out to see what this is that's close to Venus. And I am still not sure what it is myself. Right. And we have Avasalara, who seems to have raised up to, I don't know, Aaron, not even Aaron Wright's, um, Gillis's position, possibly, or higher. Yeah, she could be the Secretary General. We don't know. Kind of interesting, because I got worried for her, but I'm really glad that she's up there. Yeah. And I'm hoping, and I say that very strongly, that she's going to keep her head on her shoulders and remember everything Holden has done. Right. And I say that because some shit's probably going to go down. Yeah. <laughs> Can count on that. Right. And thankfully, Aaron Wright has been jailed as a traitor. Yes. And Gillis has resigned. Yeah. I still think Aaron Wright should have been Treason is probably more than jail time, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, we make it to that. Yeah, we'll get there. But Avasalara actually speaks to all of the people, and, again, talking for unity, because of this unprecedented event, which, yeah, we don't know what the hell that thing is. No. And, uh, speaking of unprecedented, the protomolecule has decided to go beyond. It's now this giant glowing ring. Yeah. And, it's like the Stargate. Right. <laughs> and it was weird looking because obviously it had taken the ship. So it's protomolecule and, well, I guess this is gross. I didn't think about it till I'm about to say this now. Uh, people. Yeah. And like all the metal from, from the ship or ship. And whatever, yeah, whatever components it deemed necessary. Yeah. So weirdly, it's just kind of out there. It's like, okay, I don't know what this is going to be. Yeah, I didn't think about that it has people parts in there now, too. Yeah. Until just this moment. Wow, I think I'd have been better off not thinking about it. But let's go past that. Let's speed right past, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of speed, Steve. 
Yeah, <laughs> we have a young belter named Maneo, who's a real hotshot pilot, so he likes to uh, break records and in his slingshot racing, and he slingshots past Jupiter and towards Saturn, and he records a message for his lady back on Circe, and, oh, they're not uh, talking about me anymore. Instead, they're talking about this stupid ring. Now, really quick, is that the same thing that Julie Mao was doing, the slingshot racing, or was she doing a different type of racing? I think it was a different type okay. of racing. Okay, I just couldn't remember. I thought you might. And so, of course... He gets a message back from his lady, and we see that she's been shacking up with his brother. Yes, we see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Bare naked backside. Okay, and I'm sorry. All right, she sends him that, like, Dear John video message. Yeah. And then his brother, yeah, well, not completely naked, but whatever, walks past, and he's like, hey, bro, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Dude, no. I mean, it's bad enough that she's doing what she's doing, not just with you, but the fact that you're his brother, but sending, like, this dear John, dude's out in the middle of God knows where, and you're going to just be like, hey, bro, totally cool, what's up? No, no, not cool. Right. So he turns his attention onto the ring, and, of course, that gets another transmission from his girlfriend, who has heard about his attempts to uh, slingshot through it and has her all turned on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Weird, weird. And she decides to show him. Yeah, how turned on she is about it. Yeah. <laughs> so as he starts getting too close to the, the ring, the Habarabi lets him know that he's in unauthorized airspace. Nobody is supposed to go near the ring without proper authorization. He says, screw you. He records a message for his girlfriend, cranks up his music, and heads for the ring. Oh, my as, God. Yeah. As soon as he hits it, we see the back of the ship still intact. But as he gets into it, he just disintegrates. It was the most disgusting and awesome moment on this show. Right. Because... It, like, stopped, and you've seen it multiple times, and it was the best special effect that I've seen. Right. It was gross, but it was awesome. And, I'm, and I do believe there were some swear words flying out of my mouth when that happened, because that was, like, the oh, last yeah. scene. Just like, what the? Yeah, it's like, it was great, though. Yeah. What happened? And this is so interesting, because it looks like just a ring. So, is it? Is it, like, completely sealed now, and we just don't know? Is it invisible? What the hell has the protomolecule done? Right. It could be a doorway that he went in the wrong way. It could be... Who knows what it could be? Uh, and it may not have just... been activated. Right. The ring has to activate the insides for things to pass through it. Who knows? Did we just piss it off? What's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then we go back. Let's take it back to a little less anxious moments where we see the whole flotilla. I love that we're using that word, too, by the way. Yeah. Of the ships headed towards the ring to observe because we're just all going to go check this out. And we have the UNN, the MRCN, the Belt, and the Rossi. What? Of course. I mean, I love that they're there, but what the hell are the Rossi doing there? Right. <laughs> we'll find out. On the UNN Thomas Prince... 
which has to be the sister ship of the Agatha King, because I thought they almost were on the Agatha King. And then I thought, no, they can't be it. They coach yard <laughs> blew it up. Yeah, I'd say that went boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the CIC was exactly the same, so. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, aren't most ships supposed to be kind of in the same class, built the same? You would think so. Okay. But we're using the We've seen a lot of different MCRN ships though. So I wouldn't I would think the UNN would have that many different types as well, but it's just like the Agatha King. Yeah. And we see Anna on board. What the heck is she doing there? Is she in charge of something now? Right. And of course we see her talking with Colvord and they're debating whether the protomolecule is man made or something more fantastical. And, of course, he's shocked to see a reverend participating in a mission of the scientific persuasion. But Anna responds succinctly that she can differentiate between the two. Yeah, not everybody is like either or. Right. And, of course, she receives a video message from her wife who says that Abbasawara's promise to help fund their medical clinic has been kept. But she's very afraid for Anna being that far out in space and that close to the ring. And wants Anna to come home soon. And it seemed like it was a recorded message. Right. Because Anna didn't seem to be able to really respond. Really didn't reply. Yeah. To right. Well, back over on the civilian side, we have service people who are going, a three-person team, who are going to board the UNN, oh my gosh, Sing Un, I think right. that's what it was, to do routine repairs. Now, I was a little confused, and I'm not sure if you can help me out with this. Was it... An actual crewed ship, or was it like skeleton crew because it needed repairs? What was the deal with that? Because I thought at first it was abandoned. Right. No, the Sinu was as a science ship. Okay. Now their little ship that they're on wasn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is when we we have the three person team that we've seen. The young woman named Melba, who was dealing with her cohorts older co-worker, Ren, and Stan, and their attempts to be chummy and funny and rib the new guy, basically. Right. And Stan, of course, flashes a uh, picture of Holden, and we find out that she has a very deep-seated hatred for Holden and what he represents. And I was kind of scratching my head with that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, and that immediately brought up, in my mind, this is not good. This is something Fred Johnson is plotting. Uh, or could it be somebody else with the OPA? Oh, it could be, wants... but I think it, Johnson and Dawes are You think they're on charge. the same, but you think they're Wait, on the Link. same page? That's the bigger oh, question. Absolutely, uh. absolutely. Ah, uh, well, Melba seems very distracted looking very tired and like something's really weighing on her. And, of course, Ren, being the the elder statesman, and he's like, oh, is this your first job? Don't worry, it's always the hardest. You know, stick with me, I'll tell you how everything works, it'll be fine. And she seems to be okay, and she's like, okay, thanks, but she still looks kind of shaken up. And when he leaves, then we see why she seems a little shaken up. I'd be a little worried, too, because she sets an explosive behind a panel, and I'm like, What the hell? Now, that means she was carrying that on her person. So, yeah, I'd be a little worried, too. Yeah. But as they're finishing up the repairs and Red comes back to check on her and, you know, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just, you know, a little nervous first time and all. And 
he notices there's a tool on the ground. And when he goes to pick it up, he sees that, and this was just really sloppy, I'm sorry. There was a huge, like, gouge in the panel that right. was obviously tampered with. And he decides to open it up, and Melba's like, really wish you hadn't done that. Right. Because he sees it, and he's just like, well, you don't want to do this. We don't want to fight. I don't want to hurt you. And right when he said that, and she's kind of looking at him really hard, I'm like, oh, crap. I don't know. I don't think you're coming out of this, dude. No, she um, kind of bites down on her jaw and goes Hulk, basically. Yeah. I mean, like, lifting him up and, like, smashed his head into the wall. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. What is this girl on? I was seriously Uh, thinking it had to be some, like, super drug. And I'll tell you, like, online, though, the thoughts were that it's not a drug, that somehow she's, like, got protomolecule. Yep. I don't know, but it was unbelievable. Like, she was... I think this is the the OPA possible version of, of the hybrid. Oh, see, I didn't even think about that. Right. That she's basically got a kind of an on-off switch that will inject some protomolecule into her on a short-term basis. Ooh, interesting theory. See, I, I was just kind of thinking that it was just super drug, but that's even more like out there because I forgot Dawes has those scientists. Yeah, and Johnson has the sample. Huh. Thanks, Naomi. And speaking of Naomi, she is now the chief engineer on the behemoth. Yay, but wait a minute. Does that mean she's not coming back? It sure looks that way. I don't like that. No. And, of course, she's working under Captain Drummer as they try to make a name from themselves, and they want to prove their worth to the inners. And we see her catch a pair of workers smoking some pixie dust, and she warns them not to let her catch them getting high on the job again. And, of course, it's not... Naomi's accent that we're used to. It's, oh, it's her old belter yeah, accent. Yeah, that was so weird. Yes, it was. So I'm like, wait, wait. I couldn't get used to it. It just felt so off to me. Yes, it really did. And of course, Drummer calls her back to the deck because they've got to receive a delegation from Cersei's. And of course, we see Ashford, who is an acquaintance of Drummer's. Yeah, and it makes me wonder. I'm sorry, because I'm like, mm, is this more than just, you know, OPA stuff? What is this? Yeah, don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't have a clue what their uh, past uh, experiences are. But as usual, she maintains a tense, even confrontational relationship with him. But we also see another old friend, Diago. I wasn't even sure he was still alive. Yeah. <laughs> But he was last seen helping Dawes smuggle the uh, scientist off Tycho Station. So, And so apparently Fred granted him amnesty, and now he's part of the Belter Navy. And Naomi is not real happy to see him again. Nope. <sighs> and as they continue their rounds around the behemoth, Ashford runs into a former acquaintance named Grigori, who tries to attack him. So, uh, Ashford's past seems just a little seedy. Yeah, it was kind of weird because they kind of, like, had that standoff 
And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, all good. Right. Head scratcher. Yeah. And then a construction skiff malfunctions and the pilot isn't responding. So Naomi jumps in and tries to bring it back to dock. When they get him out of the skiff, he's dead. Well, Uh he was kind of doing hard G circles, so. Yeah. And he also happened to be doing pixie dust. It's true. So, of course, Naomi confesses that she's seen him with the drug dealer earlier and never spoke up. Drummer's not mad at her, but she wants to know who the drug dealer is. She eventually finds out who it is and is is preparing to space him. That was interesting because they want to be legitimate. And doing that does seem more outlawish. Right. And Ashford pulls her aside and tells her they can't behave by their old brutal rules anymore. If they're going to be treated as equals, they got to start acting accordingly. And Drummer, of course, doesn't like this, but Naomi helps convince her that he's right. And, of course, Ashford then steps up and announces that if everybody will bring in their drugs, there won't be any more issues. Yeah, we'll just leave this open, because we'll space your drugs instead of you. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, we'll space your drugs, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to leave that interpretation out there. Right. And, of course, that just makes Drummer matter, and she says, that's not who we are, and stomps away. Well, I get why she's mad, but, I mean, she has to understand what everybody's saying and doing. Right. And, of course, Ashford questions Naomi as to why she's on this ship instead of the Rossi. And Naomi goes, I think this is our time, time for the belt to stand up. And Ashford suggests she uh, communicate that with her captain. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably going to go over like a lead balloon. But speaking of things that are going to go over like a lead balloon, we have a documentarian on board, the Rossi. And you have cameras floating around right that's gonna go over great i am i am in shock that we had this so we have monica stewart who's on board the rossi interviewing holden and the crew and of course holden is being holden right basically dodging questions and dry very dry semi-humorous responses but if you haven't been around him you don't know what's going on no and of course alex is he seems so enthusiastic about this. Why is he always so happy about everything? He's like our <laughs> happy little puppy. Right. And Well, he's got to be glad that they still have the ship, and it's Mon- the company Monica works for put up the money to keep the Rossi from being uh, repossessed, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> but Alex like, hey, you know, I got some info for you. We can talk and, sh- and our... Our lady reporter is like, "Uh, no. Yeah. And, of course, she decides, oh, Amos seems brooding and far away. I should try talking to him. I'll try flirting first. And Amos again, no. Yeah. Poor Amos. There's no record of him except for an Amos Burton in Baltimore who was a mob boss. Yeah, which makes me go, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he kept, like, trying to dodge what she was throwing because... I was kind of wondering, is there any possibility that could be him then, what she was talking about? I think it's very possible that it could be. And that's why he ran ran to way off. 
Yeah. Alex, again, super excited to show off his food. New food New this food, time. Which everything is not real in it, but the love. Oh, Alex. <laughs> Mariner Valley Stroganoff. Oh, Alex. <laughs> and you know what? I feel I feel kind of terrible because I have a feeling that Cass Anvar is probably like a real kick-ass chef. And like they, they're like doing this to him on purpose. Right. Uh, now, of course, we see Bobby has uh, rejoined the MCRN Marines, and she's chatting with uh, Alex. And Alex thanks her for checking in on his family back on Mars. But he does tell her that Callista has filed for divorce, his wife. I was sad. I really yeah. was. But at the same time, we knew this was going to happen. Right. And yes, we I don't know. Wait, before you go on. Were you getting a vibe from Bobby, like kind of sort of hitting on Alex? Just a little bit. And do you think just like the last time when she said he was a little flabby? I, I that's I don't know if that's just marine talk that we really haven't seen that much from her, and that's why we're thinking that maybe it's something else. But everything we've seen so far with Bobby has been by the book and real rug rigid and. And this is a whole different side of her. Yeah. So. I feel like Alex was kind of clueless, though. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, come on. We should ship them. Yeah. Oh, Albie. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah, Monica tries hitting on Amos. Yeah, that's kind of funny, though, with Amos, I'm telling you. Yeah, and then the cameraman. I did not know what was going on with him. him. Right. I didn't realize he was blind and that he had, like, things on his hand that he was seeing. Right. So I'm like, what is he doing? And then it dawns on me. And I, I, Amos just, like, cameraman, I'm sorry. But he's like, oh, so do I have a shot? And Amos is, like, kind of smiling. He's like, no. Yeah. Damn, Amos, you are hardcore. So Monica tries to probe Holden, calling him out for denying his own heroism. And he says, well, I see what you're doing, and I'm not going to take that bait. Instead, he heads off to take a shower. I'm kind of shocked she didn't, like, send a camera in. Right. Monica tells her cameraman she thinks they've gotten some good footage. And later on, we see the cameraman searching around the Rossi unintended. Yeah. What he, What are you doing, dude? Yeah. Looking around and tracking down the schematics of the ship and... The camera lingers on mechanics. I don't know how he's even being, you know, able to see any of that. Right. Like, I know that we found out when we had the other, was it the Martian Marines? Right. That it's locked out. So how is he able to even see it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's not good, that's for sure. No. And we see Holden heading back to his room, and... All of a sudden, he hears a familiar voice muttering aimlessly. Oh, jaw drop. You big one. Because it's none other than Miller. I was I was not expecting What the hell? We had talked about he had to be coming back soon, but I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like flashbacks or something. And uh, Holden closes his eyes in disbelief, and when he reopens them, Miller's disappeared. Yes. You go, is this all in... Holden's head. And then it's hmm. like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, too many weirdness. Yeah, I was just like, what, what, what? Yeah. It was a great episode, though. Yes, it was. And uh, we do have to say, Miller 
With the hat? Yes. He had to have the hat. Okay. I I want to know what this means. Steve, did we get feedback on this? Um- we did. We've got some feedback from our friend Fred in the Netherlands. So let's take a listen. Hello, Fangirl Zone podcasters. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for The Expanse Season 3, Episode 7. Last podcast, my feedback was written. Instead of following the episode, I gave some comments, predictions and questions about each character. A few of my predictions came true for once, and I'm going to quote myself here. What I wrote was, Holden will bring Avacerala back to Earth, but he also has to do something with that jellyfish coming from Venus. Well, as I understood, uh, that jellyfish became the ring, and Holden uh, is on his way to the ring. Next prediction. Prax can't have May and the other kids in the middle of a war zone. He probably will not abandon May once more. He has to go to some place safe with her. And he did. Amos is just that guy. He, I predicted he will go wherever Holden will go. Now, that's true. Next prediction. Alex wants to go to Mars and see, to see his son. But he probably will have to do some piloting first. Well, if he will come to his son, I don't know, but he wants to, and he stays on the Rocinante. Next prediction. Bobby, Bobby has to heal from her bruises. She will remain the bodyguard of Arvazerla until there is peace between Earth and Mars. Only then she will go back to Mars. Well, there is peace, and she is back on Mars. The only thing is it happened much quicker than I expected. Aaron Wright. I would be disappointed if we are going to if he is going to play a major role from now onward. So I don't think we see him. Same is true for the Secretary General. I predicted eventually the population will see who he is and will turn against him. The question is whether Avacerola is nearby. If not, he probably will be lynched. Next prediction. Drummer will bring the Nafu to Tycho. Perhaps this big big ship will play a role in the encounter with that big big jellyfish. Well, we still have to see that. Other prediction, Julie Malo, Mao and Miller. Perhaps they both will be reassembled somehow. Well, question is, is place this all in Holden's mind? Or is did we really see Miller coming back? And perhaps even Julie Mao. Some of my predictions did not come true. I said, I think Jules Pierre Mao will still play a role. Perhaps in some connection to Julie. I don't think she or her spirit is completely gone. Well, same is more or less true for uh, Miller. I wonder what will happen to Jules Pierre Mao. We didn't see him in this episode. And by the way, Avicerola is not talking about him in her speech. Only about the Secretary General and Aaron Wright. This could be an extra indication there is a future role for him. I don't know what will happen to Anna. If you ask me, she just can go home. Well, and actually she wants that. Okay, I have some, because I like that, actor crossovers. The actress Anna Hopkins, who is playing Monica Stewart, the annoying reporter. We know her from 20 or more episodes of The Defiance, where she plays Jessica Rayner, also called Berlin. The funny thing is that when she first appears in The Defiance, she also plays a military annoying reporter, from the Earth Republic. Next crossover is Ari Millen, who of course plays all the Castor clones in Orphan Black, and here he is, Stani, on the little uh, spaceship, who is going to do the repairs. 
at the end of the episode. And last crossover is Commander Klaas Ashford, is played by David Strathain, who plays Dr. Lee Rosen in Alphas. And I started watching Alphas because Tatjana Maslany has a guest role for one episode in it. Unfortunately, this series got cancelled after a terrible season 2 cliffhanger. Okay, about this episode. They really took a big step forward and skipped a lot of stuff. We don't see how Evazarola got to got the secretary secretary general to resign, and we didn't see how Prax and May got to Ganymede. We didn't see how Naomi landed on the Nauvoo, now called the Behemoth. We only saw a fraction of how the big jellyfish from Venus became the ring. I really had to look several times. It was a quite darkly filmed scene. As I understood it, I understood it's technical as well as biological in nature. It surely looks like a kind of portal now. At first I didn't understand where they wanted to go with the story of Maneo, or Neo as his girlfriend calls him. Of course, later he is the one that tries to fly through the ring with his slingshot spaceship called the YQ. It was, by the way, a typical man has a hobby, girlfriend feels an eclectic situation. Well, boys will be boys. And last but not least, hooray, hooray, Amazon is going to take over the show from sci-fi and we will get a fourth season. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Alright, Fred. At least, at least you're not saying how I'm a pain in the butt. But okay, let's talk about this because, yeah, you were right. But <laughs> yes. we're very happy we still haven't seen Aaron Wright. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, he can rot in jail for oh, yeah. all I care. And Fred did talk about all the crossovers, which Steve and I did discuss at the beginning, because I'm surprised you didn't get the, that one, though, that Steve caught. I don't know, you're slipping, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you just you're not, didn't catch it, because it took how many episodes before you caught it, Steve? Right, yeah, it took <laughs> um, quite a few. I had to actually look in IMDb and say, oh, well... Let's just click and see what what all these actors have <laughs> <laughs> been in. And I went, oh, crap. <laughs> so let's so. talk about for a second how he's saying, which now is a ring, is both technological right. and biological. So kind of like you were saying, like it could be kind of Stargate-ish. It could be a portal. Right. But what could possibly come through the portal? Since we have no idea where the portal molecule came from. And, right. I mean, how long it took to even get here. So could this be kind of a, you know, express door for other protomolecule things? I think it's very likely that it's got to be. I'm not cool with this. <laughs> well, it depends if it wants to take over the, our universe or just want to get its pieces back. It can take everything it, because I don't trust you're it. Right. Yeah. You can have it back. <laughs> And really, Fred, typical man hobby. Um, what would you say his brother was doing then? Yeah. Not a hobby, but yeah, I get what you mean. Like, basically, he's gone. Uh, what we're seeing with Maneo is that he's gone for extended period of time because we've seen that with his beard growth, unless he's got a super right. beard. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I get it. It's like, oh, she got, she was feeling neglected. I think it was more than that because 
it's like, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'll be gone for a couple months. And it's not necessarily like he's getting paid. It's not a job. It's something he's doing because he, like you said, it's a hobby. He's trying to make a name for himself. But it was still crappy what she did. Yeah. And probably more so that the brother was involved. Yeah, I'll have to agree with that 100%. Yeah. And yes, we are extremely excited that Amazon has picked up season four of... Yeah, apparently Bezos was a big fan of the book, and he was actually in the running to get it originally. Wow. I don't know how much... I mean, how how true that is because you know some of the stuff that flies around like oh he had said blah 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 but we're excited either way so i'm glad see i told you fred hold out a little hope something good could happen yes (laughs) it's one out of how many shows at this point but you know steve and i have felt a whole lot of disappointment and if you've listened to us before jeff and i even more so so (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> when one of them gets renewed, we're super happy. So it's happening and yeah. yay. Thank you so much, Fred. You're amazing as always, sending us awesome feedback. And, uh, yep. Can't wait to hear your next yes. set of feedback. All right. So what do you guys think it means? What's happening? Oh my God. So shoot us an email with your own tinfoil fedora on. And let us know at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. What do you think it means with Miller back? And is he actually there? Is Holden losing it? What's going to go down with the Rossi? And does this have anything to do with that little bit of protomolecule that was somewhere on the ship? Ah! But while you're at that, please rate and review us on iTunes and every other forum you find us on. Because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends we do help you enjoy the show and the podcast, and I hope you're getting everyone addicted to the show because we're getting another season. Yay! Yes. And while you're at it, if you feel like it, check out our website, fangirlzone.com, because we have a lot of cool stuff over there, too. So, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve, and I don't shit where I eat. And until next time.